Hey guys, this is John Barksell, and I just want to tell you, if you haven't listened to the Three Ball Podcast, you're missing out on a host that's headed for brighter lights and bigger things. Galt Goldman has a plethora of accurate statistics, and his sports acumen, acumen is second to none. Look out, Stephen A., Skip, Pollock, Cowherd, Patrick. He's next. Catch him now so you can say you were there in the beginning. Hello, and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast. So today... Um I'm, re- I'm recording this on Tuesday. It's going to go out Tuesday. So tomorrow you'll also have an episode, which will be the fan vote. Um, uh, yeah, it should be fun. should be a fun episode to do. Um, today, I know there's a lot going on NFL-wise of uh, like, hey, Urban Meyer wants to go to uh, Jacksonville or Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles Chargers or whatever. There are plenty of open coaching spots. Um, I'll be going over all those tomorrow. Um, along with the fan votes, so that's what we're doing tomorrow, just FYI. Today is all about covering Raw Legends Night. That was last night, I took notes over it. Um, yeah, I'll know what to say. The ratings went up though, so that's what they were going for, and they got it. Ratings went up. So, let's go over it real quick. Um, Raw Legends Night, there were a bunch of promised legends to us, like Carlito, blah blah blah, all these legends. And a lot of them showed up, some of them didn't. Carlito wasn't there, I don't know why, but whatever. So, I took notes on Raw Legends Night. So to begin the show, we got Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's gonna come out, and he's So it's like an iPhone or whatever. The show starts with, we see an iPhone with Hulk Hogan on the back of it. And Hulk Hogan's like, he's calling it an age phone for Hulk phone, I guess. And he's... Going on and on, cutting a promo or whatever. And he says, what you going to do, brother, when Lynch of the Night runs wild on you? And blah, 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 whatever. So, and, you know, he does the classic Hogan stuff. So then we go to, we go to the first real segment of the show, which is Miz TV with uh, The Miz and John Morrison. They're the host. Um, you know, they run down the legends. They'll be there. Then they say Miz is a legend, which, I mean, he kind of is. He is a future Hall of Famer, but whatever. And so Miz has the money in the brief. Miz has the money in the bank briefcase back. Um, if you don't know, he ca- John Morrison cashed it in at TLC, and then uh, Drew McIntyre retained the title. I'll get into Drew McIntyre later, but whatever. Um, Drew McIntyre retained the title, and uh, the next the next moment in that Raw, they're like, wait, 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 hey, John Morrison cashed in the money in the bank briefcase, so uh, it doesn't count. The Miz got it back. So the New Day are the guests. Firstly, the New Day's all right, but whatever. Um, the New Day are going to have a talk show. LLO, I won't watch that. <laughs> um, uh, they said their show's like a cookout, and Miz and Morrison aren't invited because they're white. That's basically what they said. They're like, their show's going to be a cookout, and you ain't invited. And it's because they're white, and they ain't got no swag. Um... Basically, the New Day just roast them the whole time, and then they ask them these questions or whatever, and John Morrison said, oh, I loved, <laughs> no, they got into, the New Day said they have a bailiff on a talk show, and John Morrison was like, I love Judge Judy, and I don't know what he was talking about. Um, and then they asked him the New Year's resolution goals, and he's like, I want to graduate Hibachi class, and he wants to talk to Tatanka. So then, Teddy Long, they, they get into a fight because Miz is pissed. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, Teddy Long comes out, and he's like, Teddy Long, he's one of the legends here on Raw Legends Night, blah, blah, blah. 
and he comes out. He's like, you, Miz and Morrison, you're going to face The Undertaker. And Adam Pearce comes out, and he's like, Teddy, The Undertaker retired about three weeks ago. And Teddy Long is like, oh, shoot, my bad. And he said, you're going to face the New Day in the tag team match, players. Holla, holla, holla. And that's what Teddy Long does. So, that's amazing right there. And so, now, we get the New Day versus The Miz and John Morrison. So, here's my thoughts and opinions going into this. Um, the New Day should break up as a tag team just because Kofi isn't really getting any younger and the tag team has lost their momentum that they had a couple of years ago. Now, personally, I wrote down they should bring out, they should bring Jay Lethal in the WWE and they should have Xavier tag with him like they did in TNA. There were lethal consequences. That team was lit. Um, the New Day hit some weird tag team moves. Morrison was a beast. <laughs> Morrison's a jobber in WWE, and I uh, typed down, Morrison was a beast in Lucha Libre. Uh, that was a little TV show that they had going. Morrison was literally a goat in Lucha Libre. That was the greatest TV show ever. Um, Xavier plays the trombone. Uh, New Day is alright, but WWE says we're going in a more mature direction, and they want to get back to the Attitude Era crap. And this is not Attitude Era. This is just garbage PG Era. Also, Kelly Loeffler ads. They're so bland. I got to hear her talk, and she was so boring. But whatever. Um, the New Day wins. Uh, and Xavier Woods pinned John Morrison with the Shining Wizard or whatever. And flashback to what happened last week on Monday Night Raw. I just don't care, personally. Oh, and then Alexa Bliss says you want to get uh, lit on fire with Randy Orton. And Randy Orton kills stuffed animals. That's what I got down off of that. Um, then they go to backstage. Randy Orton's getting interviewed. Woohoo! Um, Randy says he is mentally unstable and he should have burned Alexa Bliss. Also, he said he hates himself. So that's great. Um, then we go to another stupid segment where... We say where New Day and R Truth were on TikTok or whatever, and R Truth got pinned and lost a twenty four seven title by Angel Garza. Then we go back another segment backstage, so we see Angel Garza. Angel Garza is going around, and his whole gimmick is he is a Mexican dude who hands roses to girls. That's his whole gimmick right there, and. He sees the legends, and he talks to Mickey James, and then he gives her a rose, and then Sergeant Slaughter's like takes the rose from her, and he's like, "You're a maggot," and yeah, that's how that segment did. Great segment right there. <laughs> then we go to commercial break. I think I really don't know. Then we finally get another match. We get AJ Styles with almost, who is probably one of the best parts of this show, honestly. Versus Elias with some random dude. I don't care about him because he's not really really amazing at wrestling. Uh, fun fact, one time AJ Styles wasn't paid by TNA. Yes, I wrote that down because this match was boring. Um, uh, what is the point of this match? It feels like filler material. Well, guess what? It was. And also, AJ's definitely going to win because Elias ain't beating AJ Styles. This is a boring rivalry. In fact, they should bring Matt Boring, a.k.a. Matt, uh, Matt Morgan, WWE. Because he's really boring, too. So that's what they're going for, I guess. Um, AJ wins, of course. Uh, and then uh, some dude comes out. or The dude that Elias is with gets Elias' guitar, and he's about to hit AJ Styles with it. And then almost finally does something. He kicks the guitar and almost has some potential to be a wrestler. 
He's got some skills. So then we go, we cut backstage to Charlotte Flair, and she she's going to be in the women's Royal Rumble, and she's probably going to win. So woohoo! Um, so the next match we have is Charlotte with and Oscar with Ric Flair versus Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. Uh, why does Charlotte have pyro? She, uh, well, I guess she is a women's tag team champion, so I guess that's why she has pyro. Uh, also, WWE, please stop pushing her down everybody's faces. As much as Charlotte Flair is an amazing wrestler, I don't want to see her every night, and you keep giving her titles that nobody gives a crap about. Um, also, get rid of the women's tag titles. There aren't enough tag teams in the women's division to begin with. And, ultimately, unless you want to be like TNA, you just want to focus on the women's division, which is completely cool with me. You want to focus on the women's division, that's cool. But you're not, so please get rid of the women's tag team titles. Um, they're literally just pairing random people together, and yeah. Um, there's a commercial for Florida Man, Florida Man Killers. Yeah, that's what I got out of that. That's what I got basically out of this segment. And then, so, instead of going to the match and seeing Asuka's entrance, no, 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 we cut backstage. And now, it's Matt Riddle and the Big Show just randomly talking. Uh, Matt Riddle's definitely a stoner. Uh, that's his whole gimmick. He's a stoner. <laughs> but whatever. Um, and then Orton, uh, Matt Riddle leaves. Orton comes up and talks to the Big Show. He's like, you're old, you suck, and you can't wrestle anymore. Now, back to the tag team match. Um... WWE broke up the Iconics. Shouldn't have done that. Iconics were actually a really good tag team. Please tell me who writes these freaking shows. These are awful. Um, Kari said, uh, I actually said Kari Sane had to retire because of injury because her and Asuka were actually a lit tag team. Ooh. Those, they were actually really good. I, I'd actually be cool if they got the titles and they had to face the Iconics about 30 times. Um... Charlotte Flair and Peyton Royce botched natural selection, but it's okay. Who cares? Uh, Ric Flair accidentally helped Peyton Royce win the match by uh, flipping Charlotte's leg or whatever, by tripping her, and Peyton Royce won with a roll-up. Then we go to Drew McIntyre backstage. Um, he and Sheamus are talking about defending the title, and Hulk Hogan comes comes backstage, and he's like, hey, brother, and uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. They do a little talk. And Jimmy Hart from Out the South is also there. I actually like Jimmy Hart. He's funny. And so, Jimmy Hart, Seamus is like, I'll see you guys for drinks, but not you, Jimmy, because you're a little scrawny piece of crap. And that's basically what happened. <laughs> so then, we go to Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley with MVP. MVP kind of is a baller, because he helped bring up some young talent, which I haven't seen anybody else do in WWE currently, because we're just burying people around here. Um, they should bring back the old U.S. title, because the new U.S. title is a piece of garbage, basically. Bobby Lashley's a beast, and Kenny King should come back, come to WWE or go back to TNA, brother. Um, even though R.I.H. did make him relevant. <laughs> but whoever, who cares? R.I.H. kind of lit, too. Dalton Castle was lit, and R.I.H. said, get your ass out there, kid. <laughs> Dalton Castle couldn't walk, and they made him go out there and wrestle 30 matches. Who cares, though? R.I.H. Um, dumb du- uh, WWE booking stupid because Matt Riddle taps out, but the ref somehow doesn't see, and then he rolls up Bobby Lashley and wins. What a match! Mark Henry and Rick. then we go backstage again, and it's Mark Henry and Ricochet. Um, Mark's in the scooter because he somehow got injured, 
And then Ricochet leaves, and then Randy Orton comes up, and he's like, hey, you're injured, you can't walk, you're a piece of crap, and get out of my arena. So, Mark Henry left the building. Congratulations, but he'll be back later for some reason. Who cares? So then we go, we cut to a different part of backstage, and it's MVP and Bobby Lashley. And MVP tells everyone the truth, and Bobby says he's going to beat up Matt Riddle. He called him a piece of crap. <laughs> then we go to Mandy Rose versus Shayna Baszler. Oh, yes, what a, what a match this was. I'm kidding. It wasn't a match. Um, it turns into Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler attacked uh, Mandy Rose before the match. And Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are somehow partners because WWE said you're both blonde and you both have you both are pretty attractive. So tag team, there you go. That's what WWE says. Uh, WWE's great. Um, so then uh, Dana Brooke in street clothes comes in and uh, beats Shayna Baszler in less than a minute with a roll up. What an amazing match that was, ladies and gentlemen. Then we go backstage again, and Jesus Christ, what is going on in WWE? Um, so, we go backstage again, and we go to, uh, where? I lost my notes. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> so then, we, we go backstage. Ric Flair, IRS, and Molly Holly are backstage, and this is a Legends Night, and Molly Holly's backstage. Now, if you actually watch WWE back in the day, you kind of know who Molly Holly is. Kind of, but not really. If you're a casual person just tuning into WWE, see Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, you ain't got a clue who Molly Holly is. Or probably RX. Whatever, WWE. Um, so then uh, they're talking. Then Randy Orton comes up and he's like, hey, you cost your daughter the match. <laughs> or, sorry, he's like, hey, Rick, you want to you wanna come down to the uh, arena? With and come ringside to watch my match as long as you don't cost me my match like you cost your daughter's match and he starts roasting Ric Flair he's like you're old you're a piece of crap and then Ric Flair got emotional he's like I helped you man and Randy said you're a pathetic old man and you're not Ric Flair anymore and then we got another flashback to Keith Lee versus Sheamus last week and this was to See who's going to face Drew McIntyre for the WWE title tonight on Legends Night. So, Keith Lee won, and he gets the opportunity for tonight. Now, Keith Lee should win the match because ratings are down. And what does that mean? It means your championship's boring, and ain't nobody going to tune in to watch it. Because most of the time, your champion will open up the show with a little promo, then he's going to end the show with a match. Ain't nobody tuning in to see Drew McIntyre, okay? That's just the way it is. But anyways... And so Matt Riddle comes back and he's talking to uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle's character is basically just a stoner, which I said earlier. Then we get Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy, which... Iconic in 2008, but whatever. Who cares? We get him now. When Jeff Hardy's some Jeff Hardy's sober now, so I guess that this makes this match cooler. I guess. Um, both these guys are ancient, and I'm surprised Jeff Hardy can still walk from all the stupid stuff he's done. But that's okay. Hardy's Hardy actually has his classic wrestling gear on that he had back in 2008, which I thought was cool. He had some uh, neck paint to celebrate Legends Night. I thought it, I thought it was kind of cool. Um. And WWE should bring back ECW now that I'm watching Jeff Hardy do stupid stuff again. Um, 
Hardy can actually still hit Whisper in the Wind, which is actually pretty impressive, considering he's old and ancient. Um, Randy won the match with Narkeo. Very good match for two old guys. I liked it. I didn't have much to write down about it. I was actually entertained during the match, and I watched the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, then we go backstage again. Lucha House Party's backstage, and they run into Molina, and they said, Are you here for the Lucha Party? And Molina said no. Yeah, she's here for Legends Night, and yeah, Melina's gonna make a comeback, I guess. Uh, who, ca- who cares? So then we get the Hurt Business, aka Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, with MVP versus Lucha House Party. Um, Shelton's a very good worker. I personally, I'm younger in the WWE standpoint, so Shelton's like prime. I really didn't get to see it. I really didn't pay attention because when I was watching Shelton in this prime, I was just more worried about like. The main eventers more than... I was more worried about the characters and not the wrestling. Now, I actually watch the wrestling, not so much the characters involved in it. Sheldon's a very good wrestler, very good worker. Um, please don't break up the hair business, WWE. Don't do anything stupid. Cedric hit an amazing um, uh, Mikuchu driver. And what the heck, WWE, the Lucha House Party won with a roll-up. That's amazing. I don't care. <laughs> WWE's booking stupid. So then, we go backstage again. Jesus Christ, why do we keep going backstage? Uh, unfortunately, like every other Raw Legends night there's ever been, they don't, they don't have a poker game this time. So that's great. No poker game. So no, AP, so no APA clothesline people. That's cool, I guess. Ron Simmons is somewhat here, though, so that's cool. So Tori Wilson's backstage, and Angel Garza is still looking to hand roses out to people. And the boogie, so basically, Tori, he was going to go handle one to Tori Wilson, and then Tori Wilson said, hey, Cardi B's in the room uh, down the hallway to the left. So Angel Garza, some, for some reason, believes this, and he goes to the room, and then the boogeyman shows up, and he's like, I'm the boogeyman, I'm going to get you. And Angel Garza completely cracked his pants, and then he gets rolled up by our truth and loses the 24-7 title, which is basically just the hardcore title without the fun of it. So, yeah. R-Truth gets his title back. Angel Garza's uh, scared. And then Ron Simmons shows up and says his classic damn line. That's that's what we got, WWE. Who cares? So finally, we're to the main event of the evening. And I'm about to die at this point. And by the way, this show is three hours. Like WCW Nitro was. Three hours. Now, at least Nitro was somewhat smart. They didn't run their three-hour show from 8 to 11. They ran their three-hour show from 7 to 10. So I could actually... So normal people, even on a school night, could possibly stay up and watch your 7 to 10 show. But no. WWE said, forget the kids. Three-hour show, 8 to 11, because USA Network's got better stuff to do. And TNT at that time had nothing else better to do. Um, personally, WCW should just come back. Eric Bischoff should start the company. And at this point, I'll actually, I'll get to it because it happens after the match. But I'll get to this. So then we finally get Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee for the WWE title. Well, it's not, hey, is it the WWE title? Who knows? Who cares? So, uh, at this point, I was pretty pissed because I was promised that Carlito would show up and then Carlito never showed up. And WWE somehow screwed things up and Carlito didn't show up. So, 
Yeah, who cares? Carlito said, I'm not coming to the show. So then Keith Lee has legends out there for him when he comes out to the entrance. Somehow, the legends made their slow way out there. <sighs> and some of the legends... Oh, I said, wish WCW didn't go out of business because this show has been very underwhelming. It boosted ratings, though. That was the whole point of this show. Ratings go up. But who cares? So, and somehow the legends are betting on this match. Jeff Jarrett said he had Keith Lee winning, and Ric Flair said, I got Drew McIntyre winning. So, obviously, WWE hates Jeff Jarrett, a.k.a. Slapnuts, a.k.a. whatever you want to call him. And, of course, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan both love Drew McIntyre, so, of course, Drew McIntyre's going to win this match. And I'm going to guess Drew McIntyre has a creative contract that Hulk Hogan had, so where he can just say, nah, I don't mess with that brother and I want to win <sighs> amazing uh, they bought they did a little thing where you know McIntyre uh, wouldn't get uh, Keith Lee threw him against the rope and McIntyre bounced off the ropes and Keith Lee at 340 pounds tried to jump over him he kind of did it and then kind of botched it but who cares Keith Lee's 340 pounds I'm surprised he can almost jump over Drew McIntyre so uh and then Drew kind of slapped Keith Lee, and that was like, really, bro, whatever. And so then Keith Lee, like, shoved Drew McIntyre over the barricade, which was cool at that time, and we went to commercial break. Then Drew put Keith Lee through the table, and of course, I don't know if this was meant to happen or whatever, but if it wasn't meant to happen, then he botched it. But he threw Keith Lee through the corner of the table, which is the most painful part if you put somebody through a table, to throw them on the corner uh, because that part really doesn't have very much, uh, doesn't really fold very well. And when you go to the table, it should be through the middle and it collapses under you. No, he throw him on the side of it. And the commentator is like, oh my God, that hurt. Uh, WWE should also bring back Joey Styles so I can hear him say, oh my God, 30 times. 30 times in this three hour show. Um... Keith Lee's a beast. Um, Drew retains the title because this is stupid. And then, Jesus Christ, Goldberg comes out. So, I thought it was going to be in the show. I was like, thank the Lord, finally. And then Goldberg came out. And I was like, okay, whatever, Goldberg's here. And Goldberg came out to the ring and he said, he was like, now, Drew, you don't have any respect for the legends. And uh, you probably think you're better than all of they were in their prime. And... Then Drew said, what? I got no clue what you're talking about. At least WWE still exists, unlike WCW, which he didn't really say. But I would have said that because <laughs> Goldberg was actually the champion in WCW for a while. And that those ratings sucked when when Hulk Hogan and the New New New, New World Order were champions. Those ratings skyrocketed, but not the point right now. So... We had Goldberg come out, and Goldberg was like, give me a match at the Royal Rumble. And Drew McIntyre said, sure, why not? And Jesus Christ, Goldberg has a shot at the universal title at the Royal Rumble. And I hate WWE. Um, I'd rather have, I hope Vince McMahon sells the company to Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff so I can just see WCW back in 2000. I would rather watch TNA now. Uh, maybe even AEW at this point and watch WWE. And, and TNA comes on Axis Television. 
you know, Alex's TV ain't even a real channel, okay? Well, it is, but that's not the point. I ain't never heard of Axis TV before I heard it on AW that Kenny Omega was going to TNA. But whatever. Goldberg has a match. And I understand why he has a match. So, go. I'll explain a little bit of contract obligations. Goldberg signed a contract in like 2018 or whatever that has him contracted the WWE until like 2022. And his contract states that he has to have two matches every year for him to get paid. So, these two matches every year. So, in 2022, we will see Goldberg wrestle two matches. And this year, we will probably see Goldberg wrestle two matches. So, I understand why they have to book him. Because if not, it's just a waste of money. But at this point, I'd rather Goldberg be a waste of money. Because Goldberg almost killed somebody the last time he was in the ring. He had a match against The Undertaker. And he dropped The Undertaker on his head because he couldn't pick The Undertaker up. Which almost killed The Undertaker. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Uh, I like watching... I used to like watching WWE. Now I only watch it for certain people. And now it's just getting harder and harder to watch. I thought Legends Night would do something to motivate people. And I thought Vince McMahon would do something to get people to watch WWE again. There was no Stone Cold. There was, n there was no Rock. There was no nothing. We had Hulk Hogan. You didn't bring back legends that could possibly wrestle, which, I mean, that's fine, but you brought back Goldberg, who's old as dirt, and you're going to put him in a wrestling match. Why not bring back some people like um, The Rock, Stone Cold? The Rock can at least move and probably wrestle a match or two matches. Stone Cold can probably wrestle a match. I wouldn't recommend having three or two, but he can really wrestle a match. Carlito can wrestle a couple of matches in 2021. Carlito can still wrestle. Um, Big Show can't really move anymore, but he can probably still wrestle. Christian can still wrestle. Didn't really bring him out because Christian wasn't no... Christian's, getting, Christian's always been disrespected, but, you know, whatever. But we can bring back Edge all the time to kill Edge. That's cool. Um, there were a lot of legends that I would have rather seen in the building. We didn't. Jeff Jarrett looked like a gay cowboy for some reason. He was dressing like Lil Nas X the whole time. But okay, whatever. Who cares, WWE? Slap Nuts just needs to come back at TNA. That's Jeff Jarrett, in case you missed me calling Slap Nuts the first time. Um... So yeah, that was Raw Legends Night, very underwhelming. I would have rather watched three hours of WCW in 2000 where there was nothing going on. At least that would have been somewhat entertaining because they had Sting and Ric Flair and yeah. Man, they still had Kevin Nash, I think, so that was pretty cool. But that's going to be the end of the podcast for today. Tomorrow we're breaking down. Um, there was a 50-50 tie for the Antonio Brown Le'Veon Bell uh, album, so, since I'm the podcast host, I'm just gonna break down Antonio Brown's, and then we'll do Le'Veon Bell's a different time, since it was 50-50, and right now on the poll on, uh, on my Instagram, gold underscore gold, I think, I do believe it's like 50-50, and, uh, either watching an old Georgia game, which would be Georgia versus West Virginia, or Mr. Perfect's last match, I personally love Mr. Perfect, so if it's still a 50-50 tie, we're gonna watch Mr. Perfect's match, or I am, then I'll break it down, 
So thank you for listening to Through All Podcast. Stay safe and peace out.